0: It's always good to take stock of things, right? You open the fridge. What do we have? Do we have enough milk? How long's the milk going to last? How long have those leftovers been there anyway? You open the pantry, You make sure you have what you need. You take stock of things. And that's what happened earlier today with the State of the City Address, courtesy of London Mayor Ed Holder. And we had a chance to speak with Mayor Holder shortly after the State of the City Address. And we asked him to take us back to what it's like to be delivering the State of the City in a room that's normally filled with more than 1,000 people. A room, big podium, lights... Everything that would usually be there was there today. It was there last year. But the difference today and last year, it was a room without more than 1,000 people. Mayor Holder, if we were to go back three state-of-the-city addresses... You would have been in front of all kinds of Londoners. You get a lot of people. I'm sure it's difficult to get out of that room after you finish because there's a lot of people to talk to. The last two years have, have been a little different where it's it's been you. There's been a stage and a, a podium and nice lights. What are you looking out at? Take us to your perspective of delivering the state of the city address last year and this year.
1: Well, first thing you realize is that the room has a small handful of technicians there. And of course, it gets interrupted properly because when I'm introduced, there's a lag as a chamber staff member then cleans the podium because of the pandemic uh, precautions that uh, they rightly take. And then uh, after that is done, then I go up and and so I'm looking at the... uh, uh, I'm just looking out at the room at a, at a camera and very different because one of the things that you do is you try to read a crowd sometimes in terms of your commentary. And uh, one thing I couldn't hear was the uh, gushing, rushing sound of applause. I'm sure it was there. I just couldn't hear it. And that might've been the sound of one hand clapping. I don't know. But the other part is that uh, not only do you not get uh, the reactions of the crowd. Where again, I'll tell you. Uh, three years ago, we had uh, twelve hundred plus people in the room. Biggest. Uh, look, it's the biggest state of the city in the country, and so is uh, so. It was even virtually, but it just feels different. It feels weird. That's all. And uh, you have to still project with passion. So you have to concentrate a little bit. And uh, there are no. I'll say applause lines, as it were, not that we manufacture those intentionally, but just different. And and so you really have to keep your focus and remember that there are a thousand people out there who are listening. Plus the fact that it would be uh, then shared with with, uh, the world as much as the world wants to um, afterwards. And uh, you have to project your confidence, your comfort level. Listen, you just do your best, but different for sure.
0: London Mayor Ed Holder joining us. The State of the City Address delivered this morning. When we headed into 2021, I think there was some optimism, and that optimism just kept waiting. As we head into 2022, how does the optimism differ?
1: Well, you know, it's funny. When you come to my office, the mayor's office at City Hall, uh, at the end of uh, 2020, Uh, I wrote, uh, as the very last entry into into this huge visitor's book, I said, finally finishing the year 2020, looking forward to 2021. Boom, then 2021 hits. And so the last entry for 2021 was very pleased that 2021 is over. And I hedged my bets a little bit. I can't wait until we all uh, see each other again and soon, I hope. And I think that, uh, look, when you deliver a mayor's message like this, it's, it's not all peaches, cream, and roses. It's about telling the truth about what's going on in our city. I kind of call it the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, uh, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of great good in this. And then there are challenges and the challenges, uh, some of the tragedies that we have dealt with this year. And I referenced, uh, the little child who fell from a balcony, the little girl guide who was killed and those injured uh, at Riverside Wonderland. I, of course, referenced the Afzal family, which was just over six months ago. Seems sometimes like a lifetime ago. And how we were all just uh, just pinned to that moment. And, and I talked about, uh, from a thoughtful standpoint, how Londoners responded to that. And, and I felt very good about how Londoners responded to that. Uh, Because it was a tragedy uh, of immense proportion, indescribable. But it's how Londoners, all Londoners responded to that uh, is what gives me hope. And so mine was hopeful, yes, but realistic.
0: Well, let's kind of look at some of the key points and we'll touch on maybe a, a new name for the city. And we've got a lot of things that we can call London anymore. Let's touch on that in a little bit. But one of the things that you did was you were able to update some past messages, whether it be about housing, whether it be about other things that you have brought up in the past. Can you give us those messages and and the updates that came with them?
1: Sure. If I kind of do it in chronological order, uh, from the first state of the city that we gave in 20 18, 19 actually, uh, and we were just literally weeks in office. Uh, I talked about a plan and I talked about the focus on uh, jobs, uh, transportation, and London's most vulnerable. And so much of the theme of my message was to update over the years what we had done. So in year one, uh, what we did is we got counseled together. I did reference this overly today. But we committed to and and were able to come together as a council and and support uh, the largest infrastructure program that London's ever been involved in in terms of transportation and transit then i referenced uh for the second year the issue about electric buses and that i made the i made the audacious claim that we would be the uh first major city in canada to have an electrified fleet uh of buses. And you know what? Don't know that we're going to get to be first, but we are going to be up there because as from next year, we've invested serious monies fully supported by council to have uh, some 10 uh, electric buses and a number of chargers and charging stations that go with that. Um, And that happens next year. The third uh, was dealing with our most vulnerable. And you'll recall last year, Uh, we established the roadmap to 3,000, that is 3,000 affordable uh, housing units to be built in London. And I gave some great examples of how uh, we've had great and tremendous cooperation amongst various agencies and uh, uh, certainly municipal councils, city staff, provincial, federal governments, agencies, and how, uh, for example, the Soho, Alliance Soho, Vision Soho was Truly, uh, a coming together of a half a dozen uh, various agencies uh, that ultimately will result in uh, the hospital lands down at uh, at uh, the old uh, the old campus on South Street that will turn into 650 homes, 400, Mike of which will be affordable housing, and plus then we had the food bank. You threw in a million dollars for that effort, the London Community Foundation and uh, they weren't part of the original group of players, but made tremendous contributions with Indwell, Zarin, um, Homes Unlimited, and so many others. I mean, it was the first of its kind in Canada. So I reminded colleagues about how we deal with our most vulnerable. And one of the things is you give them dignity, and you give them housing. Of course, affordable housing takes a variety of, of, uh, of looks. Part of it will be how you... Uh, take a market rate and discount it some 20, 25%. The second will be for those who require rent-geared income housing, others who require wraparound services. So there's a whole slate of different categories within affordable housing that must be and will be dealt with. So those were the things that I recapped uh, for the, uh, throughout the speech to make uh, people have a sense of, uh, and listeners know, what, we were, uh, what we've been doing and that we haven't been sitting in our hands. That this community, all of us, uh, business uh, agencies, our general population, our citizens, have done such a great job in doing this.
0: London Mayor Ed Holder with us talking about the State of the City address delivered this morning. Last part that we could look at is downtown, and we can look at it in the way that you've provided a new name for the city, and then also some of the things that may want to come with it, which is extra policing so let's first off let's deal with the entertainment side because that's just fun
1: all right so of course we all know london is the forest city that's been its traditional moniker and today we had a little fun with this and uh, there's no one in canada that would deny that we are london's we are canada's golden city because of the uh seven gold medals uh won by Londoners, uh, at the recent Tokyo Olympics to the point where I was quite comfortable in saying that we are now, uh, we are now, uh, Canada's golden city. And you know what, what I said, which was interesting, if London was a country, we'd have more gold medals than 184 of the 206 nations that competed in Tokyo. I mean, that's powerful.
0: (laughs) That is the way to say it. Yeah, seven gold then, medals total, and London is responsible for outright, or was a big part of four of the seven. Crazy. No, Nope.
1: nope. Uh, I would. You, the answer to that is absolutely correct, but it was powerful that we uh, that we uh, that where we stood with our gold medal count. That we uh, we made the top ten percent of all countries. I think that's kind of cool. You know?
0: That's even bigger. That
1: sounds huge. It is, but then I couldn't stop there, Mike, and maybe because I couldn't help myself. But here's the other thing that's happened. So while we're the forest city and we are the golden city, we are also now, thanks to UNESCO, which is the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, after their deliberations in Paris, France, they designated London, Ontario, as a city of music. In fact, the only city of music. With that designation extremely powerful and that opens up a world of opportunities for levin
0: so it opens up an opportunity to create in the downtown core have people in the downtown core bring more events to the downtown core and we've got so many outlets to do that one of the concerns we have with say downtown would be police officers on the streets How do we ensure the safety of downtown to bring people down there, to want them to be down there?
1: Well, look, there's one thing that London has demonstrated. If there are reasons to come downtown, they do. Just look at Bud Gardens and the London Knights. We pack the place. We pack downtown restaurants. Uh, We have no hesitation coming down to the London Knights, and bravo for Londoners. We have no hesitation when Bud Gardens books a great act downtown We come down in droves, we support events. So it isn't that people, if they have a reason, aren't willing to come downtown, but we need to provide more reasons for people to come downtown. And that's why it is truly critical that one of the first things that we do is that we recognize and identify the core as as the Entertainment District of London. That's crucial. Once we define the entertainment district, then a number of things flow from that. Uh, But I think the opportunity, as even the CEO of the Junos told me personally, once we get this designation, which is now done, the ability to draw acts from across Canada and from around the world become extraordinary. You know, it's really interesting. We announced the briar coming to London. We did that yesterday from, from across Canada. The briar is huge. We have had in London, the Junos, we have had in London, the country music awards for Ontario, for Canada. We've had international skating. We've got a lot of things that draw people to our downtown. What this does by being established as the entertainment district for our community is that it will sustain efforts and we'll make investments in efforts to ensure that downtown uh, becomes that place where people want to come to. One of the things I said, though, that we need to do for the sake of safety, not just downtown, but across our community, is we need to enhance our policing. And I really fundamentally believe, based on every look, I'm on the police services board. What's really clear is that we are the leanest, tightest uh, police force in the province, particularly on a per capita basis. We need more support uh, to enhance our police force so they can provide that safety. On behalf, of, uh, on behalf of Londoners, be it downtown or be it anywhere. So uh, I'm on the police services board. I've just been recently appointed to the finance committee. I was on governance. And I'm going to be looking uh, to counsel to provide support for our police service to ensure that we enhance them, we enhance their numbers. We absolutely must do that uh, for the sake of London. And so I think between uh our entertainment district uh, between providing uh not only just more police, but as our core area action plan gets implemented with our ambassadors and with uh cleanup and lighting and the kinds of things that we are stressing through that initiative, we are going to make downtown the place to be.
0: Mayor Holder, look forward to the conversations ahead that will lead to a lot of those things progressing and want to thank you for the conversation today keep safe well mike uh i sure will
1: and i really appreciate you taking uh the time to be interested particularly in this i know your passion for our city and i'd like to thank uh your listeners for paying mind to this as well that's terrific appreciate it so much